hello and welcome to Get Connected AF. Alcohol free. As fuck. I'm Lori. And I'm Angie. And welcome to our first episode. Um, Today we are going to introduce ourselves. Um, Lori is going to give a little background of her story so that we can introduce ourselves and give you an idea of who we are. And hopefully you stick around so that we can all become buddies. So Lori, tell us who you are. Good morning. So my name is Lori. I am married and I live in central Illinois with a teenage daughter and I've been alcohol free for almost three years. So my story, um, I was not a big drinker in high school. I didn't uh, have access to alcohol really. I was a church kid and a rule follower and a people pleaser, which still fighting those demons today, but I didn't have access to alcohol. My parents didn't drink at all. So there was no alcohol in my house. My mom grew up with an alcoholic dad. And so she was very adamant against alcohol, kind of bizarrely so. I mean, she was very dead set against alcohol. And so I didn't have any role models growing up of, of what drinking looked like, how to drink appropriately. Uh, there was no alcohol in my house, at family events, at parties. I just did not grow up with it. And I'm not sure what my mom saw growing up. I know that her dad was an alcoholic. She didn't talk a lot about it, but I know that it wasn't good. Uh, And I think as a result, that made her very overprotective. And just yesterday, actually, I was listening to a podcast with Gabor Mate, and he said, there's no such thing as overprotective, which kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, I always thought my mom was overprotective, but he said there's only protective and not protective and anything else is controlling. So I thought that was interesting. There's a lot. That is interesting. There's a lot to unpack there. I need to come back to that. But so basically, I didn't grow up with alcohol, and I didn't have the traditional college experience. I lived at home. Uh, I went to a community college, and so I didn't have, you know, like a sorority experience or any of those more traditional college drinking mm-hmm. experiences. I, I worked several jobs and paid my way through school. Um, but during that time, my dad left. He walked out on our family when I was 20. Mm. And so that was a big T trauma. There's, there's a lot there. Yeah, uh, really affected my mom and made me feel responsible for my mom at, mm-hmm. at an age when I should have been kind of leaving mm-hmm. the nest. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot there to unpack as well. Yeah. But we'll save that for another episode. Yeah. I'm reading a book right now called Mother Hunger. And I think we're going to have a lot to talk about from that. Okay. I, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Check, please. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I lived at home during college. Um, didn't drink a lot then. My now husband, then boyfriend, did go away to a, a big school, and so I'd go there on weekends. So I drank some, and, and I did have binge drinking tendencies that long ago. I just didn't drink very often. So fast forward, I got married young. We didn't really have alcohol in the house. If, if we were going out, we might drink, but we were young and broke and didn't spend a lot of money on alcohol. But after I'd been married a few years, I went to graduate school, and kind of made up for lost time. I, I had some friends who drank a lot and, and we went out a lot and drank a lot. And that was really, I think, kind of the beginning of my binge drinking and blackout drinking. And for the first 10 years of our marriage, we didn't have kids. And so I was just focused on my career and working and going out and having a good time. And then we had my daughter and I don't know when things started to ramp up. But they definitely did. And I, I think looking back, it was in relation to social anxiety. 
So if I knew I was going to a party where I might not know people or some event that might, might have made me uncomfortable, I would just have a few drinks before I went and then I would drink at the event. And I never wanted to stop drinking. I really didn't have an off button. And so once I started, I wanted to keep going. So that sort of became my pattern. And I never had a, what I would consider a rock bottom. I didn't ever get a DUI. I wasn't a day drinker. I didn't wake up and drink. I didn't drink at work. I, I was just a binge drinker. When I drank, I drank hardcore and I usually blacked out. And at some point when my daughter was about 12, she said, I don't want you to drink anymore. And at that point, I knew I had a problem. I had tried making all the rules. Uh, I'm not going to drink hard alcohol. I'm only going to drink beer. Or I'm not drinking during the week. I can only drink on the weekend. Or whatever. I mean, there were hundreds of rules, and I broke mm-hmm. them all. That is not an effective technique. I've <laughs> so with her words in the back of my mind, I knew that I needed to make a change. And so I decided I would do dry January and this was 2020. So I quit drinking in December of 2019 and the pandemic hit that March. So I already had 90 days under my belt when the pandemic hit, which is such a blessing because if I had been drinking during the pandemic, I think things would have gotten a lot darker, a lot quicker. Yeah. So the timing there was really a gift. Uh, but my first year was hard. I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody who didn't drink. I didn't have really any sober resources in my real life. All I had were podcasts and Quitlet. And that got me through the first year. But I was lonely and I needed support. And I wasn't getting it in my real life. And so I turned to the internet, as one does in this day and age. Mm-hmm. I um, joined some groups, and I really wanted to travel. I wanted to take a trip, but I wanted it to be healthy, you know, something that would, like, move my body, maybe a spa or, or something that would kind of treat myself as I was heading toward my first year. And I found a retreat in North Carolina, and the, the women who were going were all various degrees of sober and I didn't know any of them they were all strangers to me but some of them knew each other and so I went to North Carolina it was a terrifying experience it's really totally out of my comfort zone to go do something with total strangers for an entire weekend but it was probably the best decision short of drinking it was the best decision I've ever made um I really saw the the strength of camaraderie and connection and and felt the support um, in real life that I'd never had before. And I left that trip knowing I had to do something different. I had to fundamentally change my life because I didn't want to go back to being lonely at home. Yeah. And I decided to build a website and I launched getconnectedaf.com on my one year anniversary. And that was really kind of a coming out for me. I told my story publicly for the first time. I was mm. very honest about what led me here and, and what the first year had been like. And that was a moment of extreme vulnerability yeah. that I almost backed out on. Like the night before I launched the website, I got cold feet and almost changed my mind. And I'm so glad I didn't because looking back now, almost three years later, it's it's been life-changing. And... Having been to that retreat, I knew the power of bringing women together. 
And I decided I could do that myself on a smaller scale. And so I launched sober slumber parties. And my first one was local. And the people who came were people I had met through yoga and various things here in my hometown. And it was so powerful and so successful that I really wanted to go bigger with it. And so I've, I've had them now in 2022, I've had them all throughout the Midwest and they've been well attended and that's how you and I met. So, you know, the power of, of the connection that people can make. Yes. Um, So I can trace my sobriety back to my daughter saying, I really don't want you to drink anymore. And she's still my why I, I want her to trust me. I want her to know that she can rely on me. Yeah. She's 15 and had plenty of hard times of her own. And, and thankfully I've been sober to help her navigate those. So my family is my why she's my why. Um, and the, the, the bigger gift I think has been the connections I've been able to make through the website and through the sober summer parties. And now, now with you. I love that. Yeah. yeah and I really appreciate you. I, you know, doing the sober slumber parties. And I met you originally through She Recovers, um, who, which is another great um, page if anyone follows that out there. I had asked anyone if they would be pen pals with me because I was feeling extra snail melly that day, I guess. <laughs> And you sent me a note with some stickers in it for Sober Slumber Party. And I was like, what is this? And then I signed up for the Indianapolis one. And then uh, the rest is history. And everything happens for a reason, I truly believe. So, yes. And I don't, you know, it's like children. You can't pick your favorite. But the Indianapolis Slumber Party was, there was some kind of magic there with the the people we had and the experience that we had. and And we decided on our second night together that we were going to keep the ball rolling and meet each other again in New Jersey. So our friend Chrissy, who we had just met 24 hours prior, invited us to her house in New Jersey. And so we all sat around the dining room table and booked our flights and we're going to New Jersey in December. Yeah. That's never happened before. (laughs) And it's totally bananas. And which is so exciting because I think we found out that like three of us have birthdays in December. So yes. we're going to drive into New York City and go see like Rockefeller, Rockefeller Senna, you know. <laughs> You're already rocking the New Jersey accent. I know. Um, and then we're going to go see the Christmas tree, which is just like one of my, th- I'm obsessed with Christmas. So I get to go finally see the big Christmas tree, you know, you know, her being from New Jersey, she's like, I hate. I hate New York, whatever she says. Um, but I'm like, I just, you know, we're, we're just going to go see it, you know. So yes. I, I'm really excited. But anyway, yes, you created some magic and it's so cool. And it's just to see what can happen when someone gets sober um, or just, you know, how, whatever term people want to use. Some people don't right. like to use the word sober. Yep. Some people like to say alcohol free yep. or you know, whatever your terminology is like, this is a safe space, um, booze free, alcohol free, mm-hmm. sober, whatever. This isn't, um, a program focused podcast, right? It's just alcohol free. 
Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction. Like I don't, I've never been to an AA meeting and I don't call myself an alcoholic and that's okay. And I've learned a lot from people who are active in AA. I think there's Mm -hmm. a tremendous amount of knowledge and resources and things. I mean, that program works for a reason. I don't have anything disparaging to say about it. It's not the path I took, but I certainly would not discourage anybody. And I think at a minimum, it is a good way to meet people. If you truly feel that you cannot find sober people in your community, I promise you'll find them in an AA meeting. Yes. Yes. And we'll talk about my story next episode, but you know, I took a different route than Lori, you know, our stories are different and, but everyone's story is different, but the whole basis is, is that women need a community of alcohol free women And that's what we're trying to do here is that there are so many women that are suffering in silence. Yes. So I choose to recover out loud. And a lot of times people think that's taboo or, you know, I literally have people when I tell them that I, I consider myself an alcoholic and I will, people will be like, well, why aren't you drinking? And I look at them dead in this, in the face. And I say, because I'm an alcoholic. Because, you know, it's not really something that you need to ask me. So it's like I retort and I will tell you straight up, I am an alcoholic. And if it makes them uncomfortable, well, then so be it. So be it. You know, and then a lot of times people are like, well, it's amazing that you're even at at this restaurant or at this bar. And it's like, what do people think? (laughs) Like you stop drinking alcohol and you just never leave the house again. Right. I mean, really, I think that people just think that. And honestly, before I quit drinking, I thought there was no life after alcohol I thought I thought there was no joy no no anything and so the amount of times that people have legit said to me like wow it's amazing that you're even at this function right now it's like dude I've, I've been sober for almost four years like if I can't go to a restaurant or like an outing that I mean that's really what you think of people that don't drink yeah and it's and, sad and that's, I think that's what kept me <laughs> drinking for a long time though is because I did believe that if you don't drink, then you can't do anything else. And yes. I think that's part of the reason I was so lonely and bored and frustrated. But I'm telling you, once you find your people, number one, you'll know they're your people because you will feel it in your soul. Mm-hmm. And then the world opens up. And, you know, this trip to New York, I think for several of us, it's a bucket list trip. Like we haven't mm-hmm. been before. We're so excited about it. And I think that's one of the things that I found in sobriety is I don't want to wait. I don't want to mm-hmm. wait to do the things that, that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm not drunk or hungover or waiting mm-hmm. to get drunk again, I have more free time and I have more mental energy and I can use it to live the life I want to live. And it's not, I'm not sad and lonely. I'm not bored. I don't have FOMO. If I don't go to a party where I know people are drinking or if I, I do go, I can take an NA beer. I can leave when I want to leave. I can drive my help, myself and my family home safely. It's it's so different than I anticipated. And oh my it's gosh, yes. so much better that if anybody's on the fence, I would just say, try it and ask for help and you'll be amazed at the outcome. My life is yes. so much better now. Yes. And that's another thing too. You may even be listening to this and you aren't alcohol free yet. Right. And that's okay too, because I was so scared of drinking that I didn't even like want to acknowledge not drinking yes does that make sense like I was just like you don't drink like what is wrong with you like I just didn't even want to 
like a, dabble in the thought of not drinking, but well, it holds up a mirror. It makes you look at your own drinking and acknowledge things that you've really actively avoided your entire adult life. Yeah. I remember I, when I discovered a friend of mine who had moved away, uh, she announced on social media that she was alcohol free. And I was like, oh my God, how did, first of all, how, second of all, why, why would you ever quit drinking? And in the back of my mind, I knew, I knew I needed to, I was scared that I needed to, and I thought I could never do it. And so it was easier just to sort of mock that experience and roll my eyes and say, no one likes a quitter. That was one of my default lines. If something they weren't drinking, no one likes a quitter. Um, And I'm embarrassed now that I treated people like that. I, I wish I could go back in time and be more supportive of people who maybe were struggling and I didn't even know. Yeah. I would do things differently for sure. But here we are. Yes, here we are. And, you know, just to flashback real quick to two seconds ago, those, (laughs) those shirts that they make me cringe so hard. Those shirts that say like rehab is for quitters. Yes. I used to think those were funny. Oh, sure. And now I'm like, oh, honey. Yeah, that's honestly, um, it's just, it makes me sad because it's honestly, life is so much better, honestly, so much better without it. Um, but yeah, so really wanting to get back the connection of people because drinking honestly is so isolating and then the idea of quitting is so scary and then especially once you do quit a lot of times you don't really know anyone and if you choose not to go into a program or you know like you you didn't do a program Mm -hmm. you kind of had to seek out your own community so that's really what we're trying to do here we're trying to get connected get connected alcohol free so Yeah. And I think the interesting thing is I thought I was connected when I was drinking. I mean, that was part of the reason that I wanted to go out and and hang out with friends and meet in bars. And I I thought that that was connection and I was so wrong. I mean, half the time I I thought I was having an in-depth conversation with somebody and I couldn't remember it the next day Mm -hmm. or, you know, you, you thought that hanging out in bars and, and spending time together counted as quality friendship. And, and in hindsight, it didn't. And once I stopped drinking, I lost a lot of friends. Like my friendships changed. I don't, I don't have the same circle of friends I had back then, um, which is unfortunate, but it also sort of let me know those, those were my drinking buddies, which are different than actual friends. Yes. And that's kind of a painful lesson to learn, Mm -hmm. but I have new friends and I have different friends and I have supportive friends. So I'm absolutely in a better place. And like you, I want people to get connected. I want people to find each other either in real life or virtually. We created a Facebook page, which is also named Get Connected AF, where people uh, comment and and support each other. And we we try to be active every day when we can, just really helping people find resources and find each other because there's so much power in that. Yeah. So I think that's really all we wanted to touch on today is I think it's a great talk- start yes yes so we wanted to let you know about Lori's story our little our little leader lady <laughs> and then uh we hope you come back and then I'm going to tell my story yes so yes. we are we're planning to do this weekly yes so stay tuned stay tuned more to come yes
and have a great day. Thank you, Angie. Bye. Thanks, Lori. Bye.